This is the Cultural Fluency Podcast with Angèle Preto, the French coach, that's me. And today in episode number six, I am with Sherry McCarthy, a writer, mama, bookaholic, reluctant sailor, you'll have to tell us why reluctant, uh, a creator of the K-Geology system and so much more. So welcome. It's uh, such a pleasure to, you. to have you here. Um, yeah, it's a can pleasure you... to be here. So excited. Thank you. Me too. I am really look forward to speaking about all those topics and also just being married to someone from another continent and having two kids with him. And a German at that. <laughs> a German at that. So yeah, can you, can you introduce yourself for the, the listeners who don't know you or the viewers who don't know you? Yeah, of course. So as Uncle said, I'm, my name is Sheree McCarthy. I'm a Newfoundlander who became a total travel addict before I even traveled. I was actually 19 before I left the country, but wow. around grade seven, exactly. I mean, I hadn't even really left the province. Like it was terrible. <laughs> it was a brand new passport. And I went to Russia for the summer. So that was quite the jump to go from like never leaving Canada, never even leaving my province really, and then going to Russia for the summer. But I'd actually fallen in love with Russia when I was in grade seven. I watched this mini series on young Catherine. And since then I was like, I need to travel. I need to travel. All I want to do is travel. And then once I did that summer abroad, there was no going back. It was like, okay, done. And then I started teaching English. I found out, oh, I could teach English and travel the world. And so this was a fabulous thing. I thought I've had it all figured out. And then I met the German who was doing a motorcycle trip around the world. And I was like, what? This is even possible? I'm like, what do you do for work? And he's like, I don't, I'm living off savings. And I was like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically I joined him then for Argentina and Chile and then I was on the back of the motorcycle with him and after that it was it was done like even with all the cultural differences with some of the issues that come with being with a German engineer and I'm an Irish Newfoundlander with a master's in history so we have so many different cultural differences not just in the countries we grew up in but also just in our mindsets you know like even with right. Newfoundland a master's of arts and a master's of engineering together. <laughs> There's going to be clashes just in the way you think. But that motorcycle trip, being in Argentina, camping under the stars, you know, it, it's very hard to compete with that afterwards. You know, <laughs> we broke so, up a couple of times and always came back together because it was, you know, the call of the motorcycle. And then we got motorcycles together and we traveled, I guess, five or six years on motorcycles together. And then finally we had kids. And I always thought I would put a kid in a sidecar until I actually had my baby. And then I was like, motorcycling's over. And then Patrick was like, what about sailing? And so we've been sailing now for four and a half years. Wow, that's uh, mm -hmm. quite, quite the foundational story indeed. I mean, when we first met like three years ago, yeah, yes. time flies. You told me that there is such a thing as both people and land people. And that's so <laughs> I'm a land person. I think I would just hate the boat life. I know people romanticize it so much, but I, I don't know, like you also uh, are passionate about breaking people or perhaps women out of their cages. I yeah. wonder if there are lots of uh, boat people that are trapped in, a, in a, a land cage or something. Totally. And I also <laughs> want to say, though, too, there's also lots of people who are trapped on a boat who are actually land people and are trying really? desperately to live the Instagram. Yeah, I, mean, I think this is, cages can look very different for different people. But I think the important thing is that there's always something shiny that you want to tell people, look how good this looks. Look how good what I'm living in looks. Even though you're not really happy, you like the idea of people looking and going, oh, that's so shiny. And I, I've met a lot of travelers, not just on boat, but people who loved it at first and have stopped loving it and want to give it up. And they don't want to in the end though, because on Instagram, it looks so good. And you get really? so many likes wow. and so many comments and not everybody. There's lots of people who have the perfect Instagram feed who have a great life. It's never perfect. Mm -hmm. Instagram is never life. But there's also lots of people who are ready to give it up or who have to make the choice between a partner or land life and don't want to make that choice. So I think, but I think there's more land people stuck on boats than there's boat people on land. Because in the end, lots of boat people, they just, they make their way to the land. The ocean always wins. They just leave their partners and says, sorry, I need to sail. Uh, that so, is so and interesting. Then the partner chases them. The partner chases them, and then the partner's stuck on the boat, going, "Ah, oh, wait, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I cannot relate to that at all. Like, I can't even understand why would people prefer their Instagram feed to a life that they actually want. Oh, I mean, it's so many people though, and this is where cageology came from. You know, it's it started actually mostly with people being stuck in jobs they didn't want to do. Yeah, you know, that, that I can understand. Like, that happens yeah. a lot. 
but I, unfortunately, I, I, there's something about humanity and the way we want, or in the end, we're monkeys, I guess, you know, like we're mm -hmm. all about status and shininess and trying to show people we have a better life than maybe we actually do. And therefore, even when it's something that looks really great on the outside, it doesn't have to be a great job looking on the outside. It can also be this lifestyle that people are like, I wish I could do that. And then there's something about hearing that that triggers in people's mind, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Because we're not trust, taught to trust ourselves. We're yeah. totally taught to go to other people and be like, oh, since we're kids, you see this, you know, oh, what do I have to do to get mommy and daddy's love? What do I have to do mm -hmm. to be accepted? And then we wonder then why when we become adults, we have no idea how to make ourselves happy or why we're always looking for outside validation because our entire lives we've been trained for that. And right. sometimes you think you've escaped and you've just built yourself another cage. You know? I see. So, yeah, I guess for me, my, my, my story was a bit different in the sense that I was completely trashed out of normal society when I came out and transitioned. So I have like mm -hmm. this extreme breaking point and I have a lot of breaking points in my life when I look at it. But like this one was just the extreme point of like, no, you are not going to be one of us. Yeah. And because I was excluded from, from that situation, you know, I was not, I was not having the option of being quote unquote a wage slave which is like, mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I don't love the expression, but that's something that people say because yeah. I was out of that option because actually it takes some privilege to be able to do it. I was like, okay, what now? And I think it's, it's weird to rephrase oppression as opportunity, but it, it literally is the case. But I actually agree with you there. And I think this is something that's why people just build a new cage because mm -hmm. they're so afraid of this complete breakdown. You know, they're so afraid of what happens yeah. when everything has been taken from them and they're really standing by themselves that even when they start going in that direction of a little bit of freedom and the things start being stripped away from them, they get scared. They mm -hmm. get really scared. <laughs> and then they go, because it is, I mean, of course, we are herd animals in the end. We want community. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. And these yeah. are not bad things. These are great things. But unfortunately, we are not taught how to want them in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And instead we start turning everything into status symbols or by turning to, like I said, this whole entire thing about, you know, rejecting entire parts of humanity. And it's like, yeah. why, why, what are you so scared of that? If, because this person wants to transition, what does that bother you so much? But it bothers the people so much because they were not allowed to be who they are. And mm -hmm. then they see you becoming who you are. And it brings up these primal fears Yeah, and they have two choices. They either deal with this primal fear which nobody wants to do, or they just go, you know, exactly, right? Or they react with anger, which turns to hate. And that's mm -hmm. so much easier. It's the easier way. It, it's, it has no, it doesn't involve going down to that breaking and dealing with the icky black stuff that everybody has and no one right. wants to deal with that. And I think this is exactly what you mean that when you're forced into this, I think yeah. if you talk to a lot of people, they say who've gone through any kind of truly traumatic break, like this real true mm -hmm. breakdown, they go one of two ways. They come out of it like phoenixes and say, as horrible as that was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And, you know, but like broken. I would never did. say it was the big, the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Okay. I never say never, yeah. but um, <laughs> no, it, it was horrible. I wish that upon nobody and it right, should exactly, not happen exactly. to anyone, but I, I but, made lemonade. Exactly. <laughs> Quite well, a nice lemonade. I mean, people are jealous now. Or you become bitter. And this is just yeah. it. That's the two choices. You become a stunted, angry, bitter person, or you become the person who said, okay, now I have lemonade and it's delicious lemonade and everyone wants or it is nice lemonade. It. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, people who are willing to taste lemons are like, oh, I, I I'm I'm impressed. But it's not easy. And I think you should definitely give yourself a whole lot of credit. More than you do. I, I know you're working on giving yourself credit. Exactly. Working <laughs> on it, yeah. I think, it, it's, yeah but it's you not can easy. totally embrace it even more. No, but it's not. We're also taught not how to do that either, right? We're taught how to look for validation from other people, but not how to give it to ourselves. Yeah, I was I was looking this morning at my life and my sister's life uh, versus mm -hmm. the plan that my parents had made for us. Right. And and my <laughs> And my sister has gone through the plan exactly. She is a cis woman. She has a male partner who is also French. And they live in Burgundy, not that far from my parents. She mm -hmm. is now a school teacher and school director, which means that she's a civil servant, which according to uh, the plan of my parents is the, really the only career that is worthwhile because you have job security. Right. And um, that's very much it. Yes. 
And yeah, your parents are like your brain, I guess. They want to keep you safe. They don't want you to be happy. <laughs> of course. It's like your brain will kill you trying to keep you alive. But yeah, yeah, literally. Say, and you know? I was looking at myself. I'm like, that's, I did everything, like the exact opposite. Like mm -hmm. the, all of the stuff I told you about my sister, you know, like she's a woman. No, uh, she's <laughs> with a man. No, <laughs> she's in France. No, she's a secret summer. No. I even went as far as to, uh, because a while ago, uh, like a year and a half ago, my father uh, sold the house, the house that he was actually born in. And uh, he didn't sell, like it was a really cheap house because it was in the countryside, not worth a lot. Uh, but then he split it, he split the amount and uh, between his two surviving children, so my mm -hmm. sister and myself, and we each got half of the money. And I asked her what she did with it, uh, because I was like, that would be interesting to compare if we also went different roads. Exact end. Well, she still has it. It's in her bank account, doing nothing. Okay. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if I should say it in case some of my family members come across it, but mine's in right. Bitcoin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very proud of myself. Yes. I mean, if I had a chunk of change now that just came out of nowhere, I'd be like, definitely, that's where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean, yeah, apparently my sister doesn't know that. I mean, of course, a lot of people again, don't know it. They don't understand it either. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think this is also a big thing that when people don't understand, it, yeah, it, it's worse. I, okay. Maybe this is me being an old person. I don't know. But, you know, I do feel like it's getting worse that people are becoming more and more. It's a calling out culture instead of a calling in culture. And I find that uh -huh. quite sad, you know, that it's about instead of saying, mm, you know, I don't really agree with you. Uh, why do you think that way? It seems to be more like you're a stupid idiot. Why would you ever think that way? And then we right. wonder why we get into fights and can't communicate with each other. But of course, if you're going already in with aggression, you're going to meet aggression. And it's just going to escalate from there. Where if you go in, yes. not always, but you know, at least you can say, I tried, I went in open-minded. I mean, I went in saying, mm -hmm. I don't agree, but tell me why you think that way. Um, I might think you're an idiot afterwards anyway, but I'm at least willing that's actually the whole reason why I want to have I wanted to have a podcast it's like one hour long because mm -hmm. I want to be able to have this conversation where you know instead of calling each other an idiot on a, a hundred uh, character TikTok comment exactly. um, <laughs> of, of a one minute TikTok video maximum one minute we can actually have you know long conversations Exactly, and, uh, and understand yeah. each other and see where we're coming from as opposed mm -hmm. to assumptions and anger throwing poop balls uh, at each other. You, you know? have pretty much already answered my my always my last question. I always keep following oh, no. in those podcasts, <laughs> which is, is it getting better? And you said, no, it's actually getting worse. Like people are more likely to have the cool out culture. I think the trend is going better. I think if you look uh -huh. at the world in general, we're living in a world that's way better than even 20 years ago. Right. And even sometimes, you know, I, I don't, I sometimes I don't think that, like even just then what I just said, but even the other day I downloaded the birdcage for my kids. I'm like, I mm -hmm. love that movie as a kid. Let's, let's watch it. And I mean, as a kid and 20 years ago, I loved it. Maybe it's 30 now. I don't know. But when I it's watched okay. it the other day, like two weeks ago, a month ago, have you seen this movie recently? I haven't seen it at all. Sorry. Oh, I was so angry. I'm like, I'm, I should have watched it again before letting my kids watch it because the, the opinion towards trans people and the opinion towards gay people, it was so degrading. But when the movie oh. came out, it was a celebration. Like, right, oh my God, Robin Williams playing a homosexual and oh my God. And the son basically is a little bit, um, not a little bit, he's a whole lot uh, ashamed of his father and his lifestyle and the partner his father has. And this mm -hmm. man, Nathan Lane's character, who raised him as a son, he wants to cut out of meeting the senator's daughter who's about to marry and the senator. And you're just like, and it, there was nothing funny about it anymore. But, you know, mm -hmm. so sometimes I think nothing's changing. And it, I really do feel sometimes, especially when you're being, you're an activist and you're in the middle of things and you're really fighting for change and you look around, you go, nothing is changing. This is so frustrating and I'm so angry. But then if you'd look back 20, 30 years ago, and you watch things that you go, oh, this wouldn't happen anymore. You know, this is no longer okay. You start realizing, ah, oh, things are changing. Mm -hmm. We're just, it's like a sickness, a cancer. You know, when you're in the middle of cutting cancer out, all you see is the cancer. But right. once it's out and it heals, then there's just a scar there. And I think at the moment, 
as much as I'm like, people are getting angry with each other and it is getting sometimes quite bad. I'm hoping that it's the cancer before it gets cut out. You know, we're in the middle of getting rid of the gunk. We have to go in there to start pulling out the bad stuff because if we don't, mm -hmm. it's just going to spread more. And so that's kind of where I think I am at the moment. And in general, the swing is on the upswing, but as you swing up, you also drag all the gunk that was down right. there up and out into the light before you can move on. Yeah, it's it's really a tricky question to ask, honestly, especially if you ask it to a trans person, because it depends really on where you look. Um, I, I do, I mean, I started my transition five years ago, so, so when I started my business, and I tend to meet more and more people that are really not having a violent reaction to, you know, mm -hmm. knowing that I'm trans and like, I'm actually gender fluid. And I recently, well, it's been almost a year that I stopped taking hormones and I was like, I'm just happier being more in between. Mm -hmm. And it also means that I have to get, to give away some of the male privileges that I have gained. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Um, well, but you know, course. like I, 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 I take really little steps. I, I wear some lace. Look, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I wear nail polish on some days, like not today. But um, yeah, I'll really, it's really a little steps things. Uh, I get and, a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was say too how freeing and terrifying it is at the same time. Yes, be, that is scary. That, that is scary and freeing at the same time. Yeah. But I find that it also acts as a good filter for people because if people have a negative reaction or if they bug me or if they, you know, ask like weird questions that are clearly not okay, or if right. they just like say random shit, like it helps me just, you know, like have less of these yeah, people. Exactly. While if I'm <laughs> forcing myself to like stay within what I think is what other people will accept, I will have less of a chance to filter through. Um, yes, but of absolutely. course, the terrifying aspect is also that uh, it's difficult to find a community. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually really curious about how like the cryptocurrency community uh, will, will react to that because I'm like easing my way in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I, and I don't want to be pretending something that I'm not. So I'm just, yeah, it's, it's open to the question. Maybe like, you know, in a year we can speak about that. And so as it feels that it gets better and I just like lean towards the getting better at the same time, the statistics for murders of trans people are also going up. Yes. And that's bad. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when I, when I started to transition, like there was in the US approximately one murder per month. Mm -hmm. And you think it's uh, a lot, but now we are coming closer to one per week. Yeah, and that's that's like when you hear that your heart gets ripped. Yeah, out, you know, like it's, and that's terrifying as well. You know, and it is terrifying. I actually just watched. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of them, but it was really great. It was with Alok for the Man Enough podcast. Have you seen this particular episode? Um, no. What I was will it? send you the link. It's yes. amazing. And basically what they were saying was that on the one hand, and you're watching it and, and they had so many wonderful, wise things to say. And you're like, I, if he had, a, they had a cult, I would- Are you referring to Alok Vedmanen? It's like the yes, last Yeah, no. Right, yeah. right. Okay, right. yes, I, I know them. Yeah. yeah, and they had such a fantastic interview and you're listening mm -hmm. and you're just like screaming, yes, yes, yes. Why don't we all think this way? But then the next sentence yes. is, you know, it's great that they're being, really having a center stage and they're being listened to, but then the next sentence, how they get spit on and yeah. how they're still terrified of their life. And you're like, yes, oh, and this, this joy and sadness and terrifying all living together in one space is just, it's very uncomfortable. Um, but of course, especially, you know, as a cis woman who has a heterosexual relationship with two children, you know, you're still looking from the outside going, this is terrible, but I can go outside. Mm -hmm. And yes, as a woman, there's fears yeah. of going outside at certain times a day and with men and everything else. But then there's always, you have to appreciate that there's always someone else who just being who they are, doing nothing else but wearing a stupid yep. skirt. And that signifies, okay. I am familiar with that. It's not true. Yeah, it, it, exactly, right? And I think this is something that we don't talk about and we should talk about it way more. And I'm so glad you're doing the podcast. I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know, this podcast just brought this way uh, in, into existence one day. It was like, I have to exist now. Exactly. So, okay. It's, it's going well. I mean, guests are coming. This is episode number six. I have a really long list. I also have a rule that if someone's name comes up uh, in the conversation, then I have to invite mm -hmm. them next. Uh, but Alok is actually is already on the list and he has been oh, for right. as they have been for a long time. <laughs> of course, of course, they, like you know, 
<laughs> so I mean, that would be amazing. That conversation would be like fabulous. We we keep following up uh, with emails, and then it's gonna happen eventually. You know, like there's no one that you that you can't eventually get on your podcast if you send enough emails, and you know, exactly. you tell them, look, this person came, and this person came, and yeah <laughs> and you've been mentioned by this person and this person and this person yeah. this is fate yeah you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely so yeah this this is fate yeah but yeah yes, i think absolutely. alok is a great example of breaking out of the cage but also just having a lot of, of backlash and it's yes it's like it is the the typical case of the particularly with trans women basically the person in general who uh are being used as a way to scare others just like look mm -hmm. you, you cannot break out of your cage look what this person did and we're just all hating on on them now and it's um yes. how do you like you have the cageology process which i assume mm -hmm. you have clients with that yes how do you help release this kind of fears or like what's what's your approach for that i mean i guess your clients are not as extreme a situation as this is just is, yes there's a lot of privilege, of course, with a lot of my clients in this particular case that most of it, right. the fears are not physical. You know, it's not a fear uh -huh. of I'm going to go outside expressing who I am and therefore I'm going to be raped and murdered strictly because I'm dressing differently than what my gender role from society right. is being pushed upon. So there's a giant amount of privilege there. I mean, it is, it is to some degree, it is true for me as well. I'm, I'm white. I live in a country with not a lot of violence. Uh, the worst mm -hmm. thing that happens is that people will insult me um, exactly but you with know, traveling and, still, and things like that like you just yeah, it's always in the back of your mind yes yeah or like you know if your partner's the same sex if you're in berlin it, it's a very different thing than if you're in other countries where you can't even pretend to be together you know well, even and in berlin so i was like, still Jesus. insulted on my wedding day so i mean <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. Berlin's also a bunch of different communities in one giant yeah. city. And yeah, yeah. I mean, where I was, was a very different situation. I mean, it was completely open and no one cared. I could send my son to a school in a dress and he came back in a dress, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whereas That's when good. I sent him to school, yes, but yeah, I sent him to school in Tobago in a purple t-shirt with a butterfly on it. Yeah, so we're not that. talking about a dress. We're talking about a purple t-shirt with a butterfly. And she made him change because she said- So that, she, you, you mean know, the, the school teacher? The teacher, the teacher yeah. made him change saying, and, and that was also quite interesting for me because again, you're talking about breaking out of a cage and fighting for your son, but at the same time, you're a visitor in this culture mm -hmm. who is, where is my ability plus permission to fight this you know of course for him I, I stand up anyway I said it's not a problem for me and for him I think it's fine at the same time if it's really that much of an issue for the school we'll change his t-shirt you know but right. it, please don't bring it up anymore to him but that's, know, because for us it's not an issue that's clearly but, a, a case where you even as a kid have to adjust to the the, the frame that you're given mm -hmm. by the school yeah you can't, could you let the kid have a t-shirt like exactly exactly but again it's it's if it was my school if he was in newfoundland or berlin i would have fought the school much mm -hmm. more but as a visitor who's only there for six weeks right. what is my right there to really go in and fight yes we bring it up and we have a discussion but then i felt like i need to drop it and back off because this is not my home this is not my culture you know i can't go in there screaming and then leaving i can just bring stuff up maybe plant a seed and then yeah, There's I mean, and, and if it's only six weeks, it's hopefully not going to be affecting you for your whole life. It, it, exactly. At the same time, there's part of me who's like, no, this is not right. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, he should be able to wear whatever he wants and wherever he is. But there is still a certain amount of respect that needs to be brought in mm -hmm. of, well, I can't just flounce around either. I think you should be able to, don't get me wrong. He should be able to do whatever he wants, wherever he wants at the same time that I need to also raise him in a way that he knows that there could be dangers in that. Yeah. And he needs to be able to accept them. And right now he's too young to make that decision if he wants to be in danger or not. Right. If he wants to be made fun of by other kids or not. You know, he, he doesn't understand that decision. And that's where I'm there to protect him and tell him and my daughter as well, you know. And there's been lots of times when they wanted to wear something. And I'm like, you can do that. And I have no problem with that. But you do know that this might happen. And if that happens, it's them, not you. But are you ready for that? Mm -hmm. And there's been times when they've said yes. And other times when they're like, no. <laughs> like, and I yeah, wish absolutely. the world wasn't like that. I really wish the world wasn't like that. 
but it is and we need to work with that and I think this is something that with cageology what we often do is to answer your question coming back a really long way around <laughs> is that we sit down and we look at okay you you are here right and mm -hmm. there's a beautiful mansion in the middle of the woods and that's where you want to go right and of course the ideal trip is you jump in a helicopter and you parachute in you know and then you're there and the work's been done for you but in reality, we don't have a helicopter. You need mm -hmm. to go and you need to forge a path. And sometimes it's gonna be easier and sometimes it's gonna be harder, but it, you don't get to open the door tomorrow morning to your beautiful new house in the middle of the woods. We need to get you there. Mm -hmm. And it, you're gonna get stronger as you get there. You can become a different person as you get there and you start small and you go big because all of a sudden, you know, it's the same thing as writing a book. You don't write a book overnight. You just can't. I mean, some people can, but the people have been doing it for absolute years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they've had the practice. They got the story structure in their head. They know how to bang that out. But for most people, you know, it takes time, you know, and all of a sudden what was once just one page has become your 400 page novel. And same when it comes to change within yourself, you know, coming out to your family might be very difficult, but coming out to yourself, that's the first step. You know, telling it, can also, it might also be very difficult. Of course, admitting what you want, you know, admitting that maybe you're not the person that you've always wanted to be and realizing, yeah. wait, I didn't actually want to be this person. This is conditioning. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is being told my whole life. This is who I should be. And here's the prize, you know, and all of a sudden I yeah. got the prize and it's empty. You know? <laughs> like, and everyone's telling me what a great prize, but it's the emperor's new clothes. You know, everyone's dancing yes. around you telling how great you are and how fantastic. And you're standing there going, but I feel naked, you know, like, mm -hmm. but I shouldn't. Everyone's telling me I got beautiful clothes on, so I must. And like, I like to tell my people too, like sometimes they don't want to have a big grand life. They want to be happy just baking in their kitchen and taking care yeah. of their kids. But they've got the opposite problem of feeling like, that's not enough anymore. You know, I should be mm -hmm. side hustling on the side and, you know, I should be super mom and I should be doing this, this and the other thing. And it's like, no, that's, that's also a problem. Right. It doesn't matter if you want a big giant house in the middle of the woods or you want to stay home and just be comfortable and explore life who you are. Both are equally valid. What's important is what you want, not what you've been told you should want and therefore should be. And this is something that we as a species really struggle with, you know? And then we get angry when other people start doing their own thing because we've been trapped in a cage our whole life that we start, you know, rattling our bars going, get back in here with me. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's not fair. If I can't get out, you're not allowed either. Just because we're jealous, basically. Yeah, some of it's jealous. Um, but I think also, again, it, it just brings up this real fear in people that they don't want to admit that it's there. You know, that it is jealousy, but it's so deep that if you actually ask somebody, they couldn't tell you that's what it was. They could just tell you it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But because they, they don't want to start doing the work of digging and looking and why, 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 why? And when they finally hit the why, it's because, oh, wait, because I was never allowed to be who I was. Therefore, they're not allowed either. And it's right. jealousy and anger that they are. But that's so deep. It's so buried under so much gunk. You know, that's the house in the middle of the woods that once you can admit that to yourself, you can start getting there faster because mm -hmm. you can start slashing trees as opposed to standing in front of it and trying to go through it and bouncing against it. You know? Right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I can relate to that so much. I mean, I had mm -hmm. that situation so often at the beginning when I started identifying as trans and you know, discovering that the gender binary is completely bogus. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I just, it's more like I had the feeling that it's a thing and I didn't have a lot of background. And so right. when I would meet someone the other person would also not have a lot of argument not have like any arguments at all but because they had the social conditioning behind them it was extremely hard for me because i was alone exactly. but it's been five years i have read all the studies i have read all the historical accounts i love vedmanen is an amazing instagram account where he has like those book summaries that are such a godsend where mm -hmm. uh, they, they explain the um basically a lot of how the, the gender binary binary was made up as a tool for white supremacy to insist yes, that yes. that the white race was superior because of how gendered it is i happen to be the like very uh, living uh, proof of the contrary <laughs> to that um because i'm white but i'm not very gendered or, or like very very much in both genders and now actually when i meet a person who's like that's just wrong I'm like, you know, actually, because this study exists and like this was made in like that university at this point, and like there is this book written by that author. And, and 
I wish I would be even more on point with that, but I actually don't need to be more because they have not thought about it at all. And if I start exactly, bringing yeah. some, some actual thing that they've never heard of, they're like, uh, and they still don't agree with me and I'm not gonna, but at least right. they, they leave me alone because they know that they're gonna be some, some pushback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think the important thing, I mean, what you brought up there is so very true though, is that in the end, this whole system has been brought in to control us, you know? Yes. And it affects everybody, you know, and yes, mm -hmm. okay, there's winners in the sense that, you know, if you're a white cis male, you tend to have it better than everyone else. But, but are, are you really mean, a white cis male though? But, but this is just it though. This is the big thing. And even if you are, the rules that come with being a white cis male, like, that there's just so many stupid things that you're just like, really, yeah. really, really, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so toxic. And mm -hmm. you think to yourself, but in the but it's, it's about control in the end. It's about you know keeping everyone marching in step and going in a certain direction. And as soon as you start thinking that, you can attack their sexuality, you can attack their gender. And as soon as you attack someone's sexuality or gender, they jump right back in line. Because that's one thing that people have been taught from the very beginning is quote unquote sacred, and you're not allowed to attach that. Yeah. And in the end, it's so it, it's so obviously rules and regulations to keep us in a certain way because in the end everybody is so different and everything is so fluid and it should be how exciting mm -hmm. and wonderful and open is a world where you're like I can flow and I can pull back you know? yeah. like I can go mm, I'm allowed to try that out and go no actually for me maybe for you but not for me and I can pull mm -hmm. back again without being branded for them my whole entire life but I think also this is very important that even when you start coming out you start thinking to yourself sometimes oh but do I want to join this group? You know, mm -hmm. and in the end, it, why does it have to be about groups? Why can't it just be about, oh, this works right now and this doesn't work later? And, you know, you're not a betrayer to yourself or to someone else because in five years' time, you're a different person. You've grown, you've become someone else. Yeah. And I think as long as you're growing in love, it doesn't matter if you're wearing nail polish or not. Mm -hmm. But the fact that society actually can come down and fire someone or not give them a job because they're a male wearing nail polish. Yeah. Oh, like really, really, are we here? It's 2021 and we're still doing this conversation? <laughs> yes, we're, we're still having it. I have it regularly. I mean, yes. you know, it's, you know, it's- At the same time, it's yeah. wonderful that 2021 we're on a podcast talking about it. Cause you know, 1980, we would have been talking about it at all. Probably it would have been like, of course, that's just the way it is. So that's also why I mean a little bit that things are changing, but as you change, it just, crap comes up with it you know and mm -hmm. we need to deal with it and get rid of it but yeah yeah I, I think some people were talking about it in 1980s I mean there were like you know black feminists for example yes. or uh, black mm -hmm. trans feminists even that have uh, have actually written about it and spoken about it but it was very it was not mainstream I mean I'm very grateful exactly. for the to the internet and they did the work actually to be yes. mainstream yeah right? uh, like and really like the, their work and also the technology that makes it possible like yes. I, I was interviewed a moment ago. I don't know if they released the, the article about that, but I was on an interview about being gender fluid uh, mm -hmm. because journalists was looking for gender fluid people to interview and yep. uh, hoping to find older ones because <laughs> most of them are really young. I mean, the ones that are visible for example, on TikTok. Like, unfortunately, I don't know any other gender fluid person beside myself who's older than 25. Because, mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm assuming it's because when you're and quote unquote adult and you have to hold a job you have to hold this trait like a gender that like people can relate to otherwise they don't know what box to put you in they have problems and uh, I feel very not lucky um because I made it privileged I guess that I have mm -hmm. my business and that I can actually I can actually do it like if I was having a job I would not be in a position to do what I'm doing right and so the the first question that the journalist asked me was like why do we now suddenly have a lot of talk about different genders that we've never heard of before and like you know how did that like suddenly like appear like mushrooms and I think the the main reason like the, the key reason for it being so such a big phenomenon is really the internet is because suddenly the people who have those ideas have had the possibility to connect and talk together yeah. and broadcast even what they are doing and then of course like the more ideas you have the more ideas you have so of course it is it, it is snowballing uh, and, and also being the only one is scary. Yeah, it's very scary. Our brain has told us if you're the only one, I mean, we are, our brains have not caught up with where we are. Our brains are still going. If you're the only one and you're not accepted, you're tossed out of the cave. 
The yeah. cyber tooth is going to eat you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you will die. You yes. can't be the only one. So our brain is still there. Like I said, our brain will kill us trying to keep us alive. It's like, no, you will, you will confirm, conform, sorry. You will do whatever it takes to be in the group and shut up and just take it and, and just mm -hmm. stay there because you get to stay alive. Whereas, you know, with the internet, like you said, you start meeting other people, you start experimenting a little bit, reaching out going, oh, wait, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Okay. Brain starts going a little panicky. Maybe you take a little bit of time to process that. And then you go a bit further in and you meet more people. And all of a sudden your brain starts going, Ooh, maybe we won't die. We'll have a very scary time to leave this cave and go join mm -hmm. that cave over there. And it's dangerous. So we should think about if we want to leave this cave and join that cave. But suddenly there's another cave of people over there who will take you in. And the brain starts going, oh, okay, okay, we can think about this. You know, <laughs> like maybe, maybe we won't die if you leave this group. And yeah. I think that's why the internet is wonderful. I mean, internet has so many bad things as well, but the wonderful thing with the internet is that you can really find your people and all of a sudden realize that, hey, just because I'm different for my community, mm -hmm. there's so more people than my community out there like me, way more. I've got 20,000 people in my town. You know, and all of a sudden you think, you know, you're the only person within 20,000 people and you're not, but they're all also quiet, you know, because no one wants to be the first person out. And then all of a sudden you go yeah. on the internet and you realize, wait, there's tens of millions of me. Game changer. I wish I would be at the point where I think there's tens of millions of me, but yeah, the thing is, is uh, well, I mean, maybe gender fluid people, but like then you have all, all the other axes uh, of yes, how you approach things. Uh, that's also the mindset, like, because me, what set me free was creating a business. But mm -hmm. when you create a business, especially in Europe, especially coming from a background of a leftist French family, uh, your mindset completely changes. And the mindset is also very different from the trans community. Uh, mm -hmm. Trans people, like I have had this discussion, I think it was on episode four with Ashton Colby. Um, and, and trans people are really often very stuck in a mindset of being the victim, which I mean, they are not gonna say like, like we, are, we are almost or among, let's say the most marginalized group, you know, depending on other intersections. And it is true, but like these people don't seem to have the wherewithal to lift themselves out of that condition. And when you do, that's when you have the call out culture. Right. But have you noticed that too? You think this is also like, because I find that when I'm talking to younger trans people or younger gender fluid people, they seem to be not, yeah, they still feel victimized, but they have a lot more hope than some of my older trans friends who went through yes, so much Yes, I think this is correct. And, and didn't have the internet, you know, and they didn't have parents who were starting to go, wait a minute, you know, like maybe it doesn't matter. You know, I think this is Again, the internet though, and the work, unfortunately, and this is also why sometimes I think that, you know, I like to believe that we signed up for this, you know, that there was a purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have no idea what I believe what happens before and after life, but I like to think, um, I want to think that we actually said, you know what, no, I'm going to be one of these people who fight this fight. This is why I go through this shit, not just because the world is crap, but because I'm going to be a seed that changes it for the future. Mm -hmm. So I hope, I really hope that, you know, the reason why some of the crap we go through is because we said beforehand when we were stronger and a pure spirit that we said this is what i'm willing to do as a human being to change the planet i um, believe that but, too but it still pisses me off exactly <laughs> well, this is what i mean though you know like that's why i think as a pure spirit before we come down here you know we make a decision that as a human we're like why did i do that you know? <laughs> why didn't i just sign up for i know why i did it i'm just still <laughs> aggravated by it <laughs> But in the end, I think that this work that's been done means that the younger people can start coming out and can start living a life that's still not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it's not. It's not. I know it's um, not. Even without being in it, I know it's not. Um, and like I said, and as a mom of two children who want to let their children live the lives of whoever they want to be, you know, mm -hmm. just even protecting them from that. I mean, I'm not even saying my kids are one way or the other, but I, I want them to have that choice. Yeah. And the crap I get just from saying they might, I have no idea who they are and I want them mm -hmm. to know who they are is unbelievable. Uh, and, but from people who love them, like even like yeah. their, their grandmother, like my mom, I mean, it's coming from a place of love, but I think that makes it harder. And that makes it mm -hmm. so much more pressure because when it comes from a place of hate, you can at least go, that's my rallying cry. Yeah. I'm going to fight against this. But when it's coming from a place of love, it's smothering and it 
shuts you down and it makes yes. you second guess yourself in mm-hmm. a way that hate as horrible as it is can at least energize you in a way that goes I mean, no, if it doesn't I'm kill you yeah black and white yeah, exactly this is just it yes but whereas love is much more of a smothering slower death that they don't even think they're hurting you and instead they've got a pillow pushed against the face going this is for your own good <laughs> like, yeah that's me. the reason why i'm not in touch with my parents yeah and it's so sad you know? i mean but I get it. And there's times when you have to say, no, this is too toxic for me. Yeah. And just because of your parents doesn't mean you need to keep them in your life. I mean, they can I mean, do the work uh, and come back. Or they I, don't, you know. I wish I had parents, but it's uh, this is not available to me right now. It's uh, it's okay, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's just it. And But I think even that, you know, so many people are taught you need to do whatever it takes to stay in your family's good side, you know, because of your parents and families, all that matters. Yeah, but whatever it takes would have killed me. Like, I I would not be alive now. Exactly. And this is just it. And I think that's also a very toxic thing that we're taught to kind of speak in absolutes. And this is what is not good for anybody. Absolutes are never Mm -hmm. good. You know, even when you believe in the absolute now, it doesn't mean you're going to believe it in two years time. So as soon as we start talking absolutes or this is the right way, this is how it should be done, you're in trouble. You start setting up the bars for the cage and before you know it, you think you're fighting for liberation and instead you've just built yourself a brand new cage. Yeah, I, I, I do find, however, I think I want to introduce some nuance here to the idea of the absolutes because I actually had this conversation similar to that, but not as smart uh, with, uh, with another person that was like, oh, that person was like, oh, I don't like principles and rigidity. And it's not about having rigid principles. It's really having about having guidelines and I would say guiding principles. Like, it's not like you can say this should always be like this. But you can say it is important to have intellectual honesty, for example. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. And curiosity. Yeah. But with integrity, you know. Exactly. Integrity. Like integrity is something that I can hardly ever let go of because I know everything goes to shit. And (laughs) even a little bit of lack of integrity. And, And it's extremely tricky being someone like me trying to have integrity with myself. Because as, as we said, like there's a lot of pushback on, mm-hmm. on many situations, but and I you have also to change. Of so course, even your own integrity will eventually shift and you start. If you compare yourself to two years ago, you're like, oh, did I did I go too far for my integrity? But if you look like, well, actually, no, this is my growth. There's a difference as well. And it, it's hard to know sometimes. Is this I'm bending or is this I'm shifting? But. Yeah, I, yeah, that's interesting. I had actually never thought about how to phrase that, but I think I have a, I have a quite an, an approach. So basically, it's by noticing that you're out of integrity that you come back to more of who you are. Like to yeah. give an example, that's perhaps yeah. really, really dumb. Um, when, like, over the past year, like in the end of 2020, so I realized that I had gone too far with the testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for you know, be me and who I am. Like I looked at picture yeah. of me. A year before or a year and a half before and I was like oh my god like I looked a lot better before mm-hmm. and like I still starting now to look like my father I hate this <laughs> jeans right <laughs> at some point I really it doesn't mean you are your father but yes I can understand yeah like, but I don't want to see like I don't want to see him okay and exactly. if I see him every day yeah. in the mirror it's a problem yeah I understand um, that <laughs> and um and I also realized that of all the changes that gender transition brings I love the one that somehow are permanent and some are will reverse if you stop taking right. hormones and mm-hmm. I actually happen to love all the ones that are permanent and to dislike all the ones that are revertible okay and I just realized that and I was like whoa so what if I just quit because yeah. I still I still pass this mail I still saw mail uh, I still have enough facial hair hair that mm-hmm. um, if someone misgender me in the street and I don't want that I can just remove my mask and be like hey you're wrong uh, you don't even have to say anything it's like I love that it's amazing um, and like you know sh- stuff that I hate like I hate having big muscles I hate looking like my father and one <laughs> thing I realized I hated was body hair mm-hmm. and I didn't like it before but eventually like I had so much I was like it's it's not worth the torture and the, also the possible discrimination of having to fight someone find someone to help me with it I just I just put up with it mm-hmm. and one day I removed them and I was like, oh my God, like I should have done that two years ago. 
right right and that's but also and I, think I didn't realize how, of who you are right but i didn't realize how dysphoric it had made me also because before i was more dysphoric because people were misgendering me all the time exactly this and is so something you fought for you wanted it and so integrity you is like yeah. you you have it's like more like a, a line that you have to like sway around and just bring yourself back to the line and the better exactly. you get at it the more the better your life goes Yes, and I think this is also a huge thing that the whole cageology and cage busting actually talks about and deals with mm -hmm. is that at first it probably is going to be like this because you don't yes. know who you are. Yeah. But you need to be able to sit with the discomfort of, wait, I made a decision I didn't like, whether because I made it because I knew I was going to dislike it and did it for the social pressure, mm -hmm. or I honestly thought I would like it and I didn't. I mean, both are equally hard to deal with sometimes because you're like who am I then I don't know I really don't know who I am and I kind of go with well that's okay because you've never been taught to find out who you are you've never been taught to find out what you really want to do and in the end we're human right up to the day you die you're still going to be discovering who you are this is what this whole journey is about mm -hmm. trying to figure out who's in this body but what's more important is you go okay I didn't like this I thought I would or didn't, but in the end, this is an uncomfortable feeling and I don't like who this is making me. Mm -hmm. This is not in my integrity. Then, you know, next time, okay, well, I pull back a little bit. I make a different decision. And it's all about course correction until, like you said, you actually get to yeah. more or less to who you are, which will always be a little bit fluid. And I think, yeah, and sometimes too, you're like, I fought so hard for a decision that you don't want to go back on when sometimes that's the bravest thing you could do by mm -hmm. saying, actually, as much as I thought I wanted it, I actually wanted these pieces. And these pieces over there, I don't want. And, and, and sometimes it's both. I mean, I guess my case is special, mm -hmm. but like when I decided to transition to male, I, ne I never self-identified as a binary man. Even mm -hmm. way before I decided to transition to male, I knew that I was gender fluid. It's the first thing that I knew when I first discovered the whole you know, gender spectrum and, and everything. Mm -hmm. But because I had faced so much backlash being out as a trans slash non-binary slash gender fluid person before I transitioned, I was like, okay, I have no choice now but to transition right. all the way to male. And I, if, I, if you had asked me at that moment, like, am I going to love it being all the way to male? I would probably have been able to say no at that time if I had been in a place where my mental health was okay yes. and I was able to align with my true self. I already mm -hmm. knew that. And for actually a year and a half, I did not want to transition. I thought I was right. happier with the body that I had. And I was actually correct because now mm -hmm. my body is pretty much like what it was then. And I'm very happy with it. But because I faced so much backlash and so much sexism and so much just like misogyny, which I cannot deal with, like I'm not equipped to deal, to deal with that. I, I'm someone who is much more comfortable being a social male. Then mm -hmm. I didn't, well, I thought, and I was probably correct that I didn't have a choice at that time. Now I can afford a lot because I'm the boss. It's my business. <laughs> if I work with someone, I have chosen them. Exactly. And if they piss me off, they can take the door. <laughs> you realize the I amount of it. privilege I that I have built for myself over, this five, over these five years. And still nowadays, when I find myself in a situation where um, I'm, I'm you know, facing someone who's just not as equipped about this, uh, I still find myself uncomfortable. Like, for example, mm -hmm. I'm going to Dubai in two weeks and there's a cryptocurrency uh, exposition there. Which I think it's going to be awesome. And I just, I had like this fixed idea that I want to have a dress in like a cryptocurrency pattern. Okay, a sundress. Oh, nice. Because mm -hmm. it's going to be 45 degrees. And I don't love being dressed male in, in the summer. It's just, I think, I think it's ugly. Um, so I, I'll, I'm not completely sure that I'm going to be able to, you know, go through this whole process. Like the, the fabric is ordered when it arrives. I have someone to sew it. Uh, the dress probably will exist. I'll see like, you know, but, but I told uh, a friend or like a friend, someone I know uh, that I was, you know, having a dress made for the trip. And he was so freaking surprised. And he was like, like, why would you want a dress? Like, it's like going back. And I was like, Oh, no, it's not going back. It's coming closer to where I want to be in the first place. But it is extremely difficult to explain that to a cis person who has not done like the whole process of thinking about it. And, I, and especially a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also someone who has put themselves probably in, a, in their own box. And yeah, going, oh, well, 100%. 
yeah, and, and would see that as going backwards as opposed to actually, no, man, this is complete and utter freedom. This is actually me yeah. choosing to be me, not based on what gender I fit into and then choosing my choices based on that, but rather gender out the door. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. My heart has nothing to do with the rest of my body. It doesn't matter what color, what gender, you know, mm-hmm. like all of those things what is important is, is truly what's inside, but we're still not there as much as, you know, we talk about yeah. it. We're not even close to being there, that the person inside is what matters because of course we're still human. We still see the outside package. Our brain still tries to put you into different slots, different places. And, but I think this is important work that in the end, it's allowing other people to go, ah, I've done this work. We've had this conversation and they can listen and go, ah, I'm allowed to have that too. And that's brilliant. You yeah. know, that this is something What's interesting is that they often have the opposite reaction. Like when they see <laughs> you doing things like that, like especially men, they're like, oh, but I don't want to wear dresses. And like, yeah, I, never, I never said that you should. Like, what, where's that coming from? We're not talking about getting putting you in a dress. Like, how did you jump to this kind of conclusion? But that's how far repressed they are. This is why this whole yeah. thing doesn't work. It goes back to what we talked to earlier about control and society and not being allowed to actually truly express yourself for who you are because in the end they're so far repressed that even the very thought of it attacks something that there's at their primal fear center and they just go ah thunk. can't even think about it shut the door down scream really loud and you think this is sad this is so sad that this yeah. is who you are that even something so simple as wearing a dress is a direct attack on everything you stand for Yeah, and someone else wearing a dress, not you (laughs) wearing a dress, someone else's dress. What? You know, exactly. But that that it it is, yeah, it's so fragile, everything that's been built. And they're just so terrified. And at the same time, I feel bad because on the one hand, I get so angry when I look at these people and I hear them and I... And this is also where I guess, you know, people more involved than me go, no, you have to meet them with love because in the end, this is not a good place to be coming from. As loud Mm -hmm. as they are, as powerful as they are, it, it's it's not coming from a good place. It's coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of discomfort. It's yeah. coming from a place of not being able who they, to be who they re- truly are. And they're trying to be really loud about it to convince you. you know? <laughs> like, yeah, and also meeting them with love does not always work. Like I'm, no. it's still something I'm still learning, but like, especially with men, I'm actually absolutely fascinated by just, because for some reason I was not in touch with men for a very long time. I just kind of like managed to, kick them out I had a couple of male clients but you know they're my clients it's not the same mm-hmm. but I didn't work with men I didn't have male friends you know and now I'm starting to have a bit more of like men that just so happen to be here because I go out the more also the end of the pandemic or like hopefully uh the, the pandemic yeah, easing exactly. also <laughs> makes it easier but it, it's mm-hmm. fascinating that you or you not you probably because you're, you're a woman and you pass as female um and you probably actually don't have access to that but the way I have to behave is that I have to be able to put up a toxic masculine shield if they start, you know, coming at me to be like, mm-hmm. hey, like you, you, you can't like, because men will always, especially if they perceive another man to be kind of feminine, not yes. always, actually, I'm not, it's not all men. And it's actually quite a small number of men, I have to say. Um, so, but the damage they do is huge. Well, yeah, especially if you're a woman, because you can, I don't think you can fight against that. But actually, I have gained the male privilege to fight against that. And mm-hmm. if they start either saying something, it's really insidious. Like, it's, you know, little things they say or like little things mm-hmm. they do that is just like meant to place themselves as superior because they always have a hierarchy in their head. They don't even realize that. But they always have a hierarchy of like, who's the superior man? And they want mm-hmm. ideally to be as superior as they can. But of course, if they meet the other one, which is against them, uh, then they will like, take their place lower. And so I have I've studied this extensively. I've practiced it ex- this extensively. And I'm like, no, actually not quite good at being like, no, I'm actually, I'm actually higher than you. And as long as you acknowledge that I am superior, I will treat you <laughs> with, love, with love and as an equal. <laughs> which is weird. Like, it's literally like, I thought about that like, two days ago. Like, yes, like, as, soon as, as long as a man acknowledges my superiority, I will treat him as an equal. And it, it works. It's incredible. Like they start coming at you. You put like, you, you know, you put your boundary and you're like, like up like really strong against them. And like, you make it clear that if they come at you, they will face the consequences. And then they back down 
and you can tweak them as equal again. And then you know, they're like, oh, I guess this person is not like so superior to me. I'm just like gonna come at them and like, and then They've you know, done it works. It starts in kindergarten, hey? I know. They actually watch like little boys start in kindergarten doing this through verbal cues and physical cues, mm -hmm. slotting themselves, where am I in this yeah. group? And it's and you think they're, they're babies, but no, it starts that. But yeah, young. adults still do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it just becomes, yeah, maybe less obvious. I don't know, or they're not thinking about it anymore. You know, like it's obvious to me at going, least. I don't think yeah, they know I they're think, doing it, but yeah. But I think this is actually part of the problem that so much of what we do is done without thinking. You know, yeah. we we don't think about so much of our life, and it just goes by so fast. And that's why a lot of people go, you know where did it go because mm -hmm. they've never actually examined why they think the way they think why why are they doing what they're doing like all these things have never actually been taught to them because again if you start thinking about these things things start changing i don't think society falls apart i really do mm -hmm. not but people with control lose their control right. because all of a sudden you know why do i need to go out and buy a fancy car if hierarchy really means nothing you know, if I, I don't need to spend money on stuff to prove how much money I have, where I fit into a social society, you know, like who cares mm -hmm. what shoe I have on, but this starts in kindergarten as well. Oh, this kid does have this kind of shoes, this backpack, this, 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 all these things that we're just showing, no one needs to buy that crap anymore. You know, no one needs yeah. to, it's why minimalism is, is such a terrifying thing mm -hmm. to so many people because it's like, but it shakes at this fundamental idea of capitalism that everyone should be contributing to the destruction of the environment and the world and society just for this shiny fight to prove where you fit. In the end, there's no fight. Mm -hmm. There should be no fight. Just step out. I don't, step I don't think it's capitalism, fight. but um, yeah, like there's definitely a pattern going on. And like, I, I think, think it's imperialism and capitalism. I really do. Imperialism, yes. Together is That's a very not the same toxic. thing. It's a very toxic thing. And no, and, and I'm not saying that it, uh, capitalism means you can't have money. You know, I think this is something also that's very wrong. I, I love money. <laughs> I, I love having money. I love being in a comfortable position. I money love that cool. I don't I have like, to work. I love money too. You know, it's nothing, it's not saying that money itself is wrong within capitalism. What I'm saying is that then using this to buy shit you don't want to prove to people you don't like how much better you are than them, you know, when really you can just be in your way of being you know in showing up in a fucking fabulous dress that you love that yeah. you had designed for yourself you know, that also takes money but i don't but yes have to go, it's not know? a cheap dress for sure like the fabric yeah, alone is more than 100 euros so yeah right but you don't have to go into say louis vuitton come out with a purse no. and be like you know that who cares for me you know like yeah but i think it's it's the thing like like because the whole thing that i was explaining with men is basically psychological strength you know, yes. it's amazing, like, that, that, that same guy, the one who, like, didn't want to wear a dress, he keeps saying that I'm mentally strong, which mm -hmm. is hilarious, because, like, wait until he finds out that I'm diagnosed bipolar and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I am mentally you strong. You don't sell yourself, but you are mentally strong, though. Don't sell yourself. Yes, yeah, there. yeah, I am. I am now. <laughs> I am now. Yeah. And I think if you don't have the psychological mental strength, mm -hmm. you, you will seek to compensate with things like, you know, spending money. And it yes. doesn't work. Yes. You yes, cannot, like, no, absolutely. you need to, like, you should spend your money towards building mental strength. That's the only, yes. like, that's the first thing you should be doing with it. Because, <laughs> of, like, once you have it, you don't need any of the rest. So it's actually cheaper in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I used to say it takes a lot of money to look this poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. True. <laughs> like, seriously, to get to the point where you don't care anymore, like... And you'll always care. I shouldn't say you don't care anymore because you'll always care. It, it, there are always and also it's the, it's the people who spend the most money who say they don't care about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, exactly, right? So, yeah. you know, but it, it's always just being aware and coming back and always thinking to yourself, you know, journaling at the end of the, the beginning of every day. That's one of the things I say in Cageology, yoga, journaling, you know, those yeah. two things and yeah. And books like it's, it's just it's the habit i'm trying to build um i have it's not huge. done it at the beginning yes i huge. i used to journal a lot more but like i resisted so much but yeah i've done it the past two days i'll do some today um yeah i, I really i really need to journal more it really helps yeah, it's giant so and, and, it, and even if it's just two or three lines of you know what today this worked and today this didn't 
you know, mm-hmm. ideally, you know, you can sit down and really pour your heart out. But yeah. if you can't have that, still journal. <laughs> I mean, like it's again, this whole thing of, you know, if you can't go for a walk, but you can walk around your house, then do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. take what you can do and build on it. Don't say, no, I can't have it just because I can't have this perfect vision. I think this is also a problem that we always do mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah, the all this- or nothing thing. I, exactly. have, I really have this problem, yeah. Yeah, 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 and me too. And I think this is also something that control issues, you know, I, I like mm-hmm. to control things. And as much as yeah. I'm like, you do you, that's very easy for me to say you do you. Me, myself, I'm working on this whole control thing because I'm like, I want to control everything. You know? <laughs> and it does, doesn't Does it work get either. worse when you have children or does it get better? Oh my the whole control God, thing? It, gets, it gets so worse. It gets so much, worse, so much worse because, yeah. Damn, I'm no. not ready. <laughs> No, uh, but you're never ready. You're never ready. Yeah, yeah, I expect that. You're never ready. You're never ready. You think you're ready, but you're not. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't think I'm ready, but I'm still gonna do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, if you want to, do it. If you don't want to, don't, don't, yeah, don't. I mean, it's it's even trickier for me because I don't have a partner right now. Mm -hmm. Um, if I have to do it myself, it means I have to do it as a man. You know, being pregnant and all. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would do it, but I damn hope I could find like medical staff that's okay with treating me like a human. Right. And that, that's my, and that's are... my number one fear. Well, well actually I was in those, I was listening to a couple of interviews with a couple of um, trans men who'd gone ahead and have children with their partners. Um, and for them also, there was a lot of body dysmorphia issues that came up. That I don't think that would be a problem for me because I'm fine with my body. It's really the social thing and being treated like shit. That would be a problem. Right. And then, I mean, I, I, I won't even know. I guess you'd have to start reaching out to people beforehand and asking, you know. Yeah. I was also okay? thinking of maybe doing it in Canada because it appears to be the country and that's Canada, the nicest. Well, it depends on where you are in Canada. Some parts of Canada are freaking awesome and other parts, really not. Yeah, I'll have I mean, to pick your brain about Texas, that. You know, like parts of right. Alberta, even though they have amazing medical care there, it's it, it's our Texas, you know. And uh-huh. Again, Texas also has amazing parts and not so amazing parts, and you right. need to be careful where you go. Canada is also not a mecca. We have our issues. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I assumed so, but yeah, if I could find a place like you know, just one hospital. <laughs> but I mean, also, I mean, like Newfoundland, surprisingly, as small as it is, is actually fairly accepting in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. we have a fairly large trans community considering cool. the size of our province right. yeah and you know that in, in a lot of ways people in newfoundland are actually very open and accepting and other ways so not you know what i mean like yeah like i'm thinking it's probably was... one of the best countries and also i hear they give a passport to everyone who's born there mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and that would be a, a perk definitely so yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, you get, as long as your baby's born there, you've got the right to be Canadian as well. Your baby, you, you yes, can like Canadian, the baby Canadian, can, so. and then the parents can also be Canadian. Of course, because right? you're the parent of a Canadian. Yeah. 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 So like my that, kids are both as well. Right. Oh, hello, <laughs> little person. Yes. Oh, yeah. You told me they would be coming home now. <laughs> I think we have to wrap up. Um, but um, yeah, I'll pick your brain offline on, on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like this was a very different conversation from what I had written I had written something about you know asking you about your books and why did you choose to have another name for fiction Um, Uh, and you know what that was actually me not being comfortable with be calling myself a writer really so we played right into your mental block right here yeah 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 completely 100% I for me, I put writers on a pedestal and, you know, my whole life I wanted to be one and I loved reading and nothing I wrote was remotely up to scratch. Of course not, could never be. But at the same time, I was like, there's something in me that wanted to write these books and I couldn't do it without actually putting another name on it. It's actually my mom's name and my dad's middle name. Yeah. Wow. So it's still me. I still took like my parents and... I didn't even really tell them that actually so it's not like a but it was like <laughs> so they don't know that you have written books with their names no they don't wow <laughs> so weird yeah but I, I could not write those books otherwise because at that time now I think I could now I've I, they were written about four or five years ago mm-hmm. um, that's when I published them, like but... you have published like a whole of 20 books together like with your both yeah, names and, you're, and you're still not a writer 
Well, this is just it. It took forever because I wasn't writing fiction. You know, I was writing nonfiction, and I my motorcycle book. Ah, so nonfiction is fine. My name on it. Nonfiction's fine. Talking about the, the the gunk, like my gunk, is not a problem in the terms of relationship so issues weird. or self esteem issues or any of that stuff. You know, being an oddball out, that kind of stuff. I can talk about me, like saying as me. But when it came to writing, actually trying to claim that, that's where I fell very short. I could not claim. Even now, I find it hard to tell people I write. Like people are often surprised. They're like, "Wait, I Googled you, and I found out that you know, like <laughs> you have like a bunch of books on motorcycling and sailing and yes. you know, cage busting and yeah, you know." And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't normally tell people this because this is something that, yeah, I still struggle with claiming that because for me it was always like this ideal thing that I was never good enough for." Mm -hmm. Right. So, well, now you'll have to tell the listeners. So, where, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on sherrymccarthy.com or cagebustersacademy.com, both places. And right. of course, Amazon. Type in Sherry McCarthy. <laughs> and the fiction. <laughs> Lynnfrancis.com. See, it didn't even occur to me <laughs> to say that at that time. <laughs> Lynnfrancis.com. The Blood Samurai. Wait, what was the title of the series? Yes, there is the Blood Samurai series. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's historical. Oh. It's, it's, it takes a myth and historical fiction and matches it together. Amazing. It was a lot of fun to write. It was a lot of fun to write. <laughs> really, really cool. I shall go read that and make another episode with you where we speak about it as like <laughs> right, the fiction writer. The whole issues. Yeah, exactly. That'll be for like, you know, episode with you number like 2.0. Okay, mm -hmm. well, I'll, I'll let you be with your kids now that I, I can hear that they're here. So yeah, thank you so much, Sherry, for joining me today. Thank you for that, having that me. That was an amazing episode. Completely I always different love talking from with you. what I was me too like it was a really enjoyable conversation so i hope our listeners and viewers have enjoyed it as well uh, if you have please leave a comment either on youtube if you're watching this on youtube or on your favorite podcast platform uh, because yeah that really helps find more listeners and more awesome guests like sherry to make more awesome episodes so thank you so much for listening to this and one Alok, and if you're I'll... listening do it <laughs> yes i'll see you in the next one alok we are we are, we are not going to let you go no no i want to <laughs> I want to see you that, guys that, that will that will happen yeah yeah like just 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 wait okay i'm gonna <laughs> stop recording this <laughs> now <laughs> see you people. Bye. right